Yeah. I literally and, attended a week ago a briefing on this precise issue from people who are experts in the, in the, on the question of international drug pricing. Um, it is, what, is, what, is, what is profoundly true is that on-patent drugs are far more expensive in the U.S. So it's all about the mix, right? And that's what I need to know before I can evaluate this particular plan. Is it worth, what is the intended mix? Well, on what Malcolm said, is it worth waiting? to find out before you make accusations Sorry. on the basis of political Look, suspicion? The, the government has said that the NHS is not on the table at all. But that, this is negotiation. Okay. What's on the table? So, so, yeah. You can't call it a negotiation putting something Malcolm, on the table. Malcolm, sorry. Yeah. They've, said, they've said that they're not discussing the extension of patents. They're not ex uh, discussing full access. They're not discussing the end of, of NICE. They're not discussing the ability through uh, dispute settlement clauses to, to impose uh, a, a company's profit margin against our public policy. And yet these documents show that they are discussing that. That's the key issue here. <laughs> Welcome to this week's Free Trash Future. It's, uh, it's me, Riley, in studio, uh, and I'm joined by Milo, who's riding the boards. Hello, it's me, your boy. Uh, where is Nate? Busy doing troop stuff with the wife. So yes. uh, it's me riding the boards back from Moscow, uh, back with new instructions from my handlers. <laughs> and uh, Alice calling in from Glasgow, yeah, sunny Glasgow. Love to do troop stuff with my wife. That's the best way of doing troop stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. you, you troop, you troop up and down. She, hey, she's nagging you to troop out the garbage yeah. again. <laughs> That's to make sure that hanging out with your wife isn't gay. To make it just, like a troop thing. Just trash future <laughs> going hard into Beetle Bailey here. <laughs> <laughs> and we are also joined by uh, Josie Long, a second second time returning champion. Josie, how's it going? Um, very good. Thrilled to be here. I slept for a full... Oh, fuck, I didn't last night. But in recent memory, I've slept sometimes. So bring it the fuck on. The finest political mind of my generation. Ready not to pull a single punch. Nice. <laughs> not to pull a single punch, but to fall asleep for a few seconds between cocking your fist back and throwing your wit. Yeah, and waking mm. up because I've been hit in the face. Like, uh -huh. hello, sorry. Yes. Uh, under austerity, all you'll have is means-tested micro-sleeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and even then, you'll you'll have to give your brain's uh, computing power while asleep to a program that mines that mines Bitcoin uh, to fund what's left of the NHS. Yeah. Guys, what you don't realize is universally being allowed to sleep lets rich people sleep for free who could afford to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, we needed to we needed to sell sleep licenses to like you know the to like <laughs> what um like Disney and. Uh, uh, Paramount and um, mm. in Raytheon, and then we rent back our sleep from them because we couldn't afford to keep sleeping for free. Britain in 2030, like everyone just like frantically hiding their bed because the sleep inspector's coming around. <laughs> we have a sleep detection van. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, uh, what I'd like to note is that um, Trash Future is now officially new Trash Future position. We're no longer going to say anything, except like um, that famous doofus Malcolm Gladwell says, if it's profoundly true. Because all of these rumors, uh, you know, the rumors that are substantiated by all of that evidence that the Labour Party has produced, that the, there are trade talks going on with the U.S. that have been going on for the last mm. several years that involve allowing U.S. pharmaceutical firms access to, prof to profit from, uh, from the NHS, you know that. Um, uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell says, well, 
But how do you know it won't be more it won't be more expensive? What if it's actually cheaper? I've I've actually sat in a room. I've been I was sitting in a bus stop with someone who looked like a scientist. So I think I've got some pretty good insight on this uh, mm. shadow trade secretary Barry Gardner. <laughs> I, I think the thing is that Jeremy Corbyn's big dossier that he brought out wasn't a profound dossier. It didn't contain mm. any like deep, meaningful truths. There was just no a lot binder of full of women. <laughs> no, there was there was not a single observation about the um about the easily missable tiny details that somehow define all of your life. What we've got to learn is if you have a dossier and you do not sex up that dossier, what is the point mm. of the dossier? I really feel for Barry Gardner because they must have like when they invited him on and gone. Uh, oh, oh yes, hello. Yes, I'd love to do this. Brilliant. Um, who will I be up against? Maybe someone from the pharmaceutical industry? No, no. Oh, maybe someone from the American government? No, no. Well, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, fucking Malcolm Gladwell. Just honestly, I mean, like, I, I thought, I thought I'd seen enough Malcolm Gladwell when we did the fucking Gladwell episode, but it turns out no, because like Malcolm Gladwell is always just hiding around the corner with like an incredibly unhelpful and contrarian take that means nothing. Thing to anyone like oh well actually if every morning you get up and you eat a whole bar of soap it costs the government less money because eventually you die and stop <laughs> using the fire service like everything he says is just like word soup that means nothing and then he comes out and he goes like well what evidence do you actually have that an American style pharmaceutical system in the UK would be more expensive oh I don't know the entirety of America <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm well, going to report him to, stri- to trading standards given that he makes none of us feel either glad or well ah <laughs> uh, but also, it's like puns, he said, well, puns now. It is the whole idea of, oh, it is, but it is profoundly true that mm. the mix matters between generics and patents. But the other thing about being Malcolm Gladwell is that the whole point of Malcolm Gladwell is to ignore pertinent details so it fits a fun little story where you figured something out. Because mm. the thing that's on the table for the negotiation with America, the thing that America wants is for the U- is to impose longer patent times for medicines in the UK, which means medicines stay more expensive for longer. So Gladwell's whole thing of, oh yes, well the generics are cheaper in America, but the patent the the patented copyrighted medicines are more expensive. It's like, okay, if you look at one detail mm. of what has been proposed by the Tories to the Americans, then obviously it's going to be a worse system. And his whole yeah. thing of, well, uh, uh, quantum, given what we know about quantum physics, can you truly know anything, Barry Gardner? <laughs> yeah. I love how all of these thinkers have their like their own kind of nonsense where with Malcolm Gladwell it's like well what exactly do you mean by on the table whereas if it was Jordan Peterson it would be like uh, I'm not sure what you mean by table <laughs> and if it was Steven Pinker it would be like ah you still use a table in the future we'll be using hover surfaces <laughs> they should have put Pinker on there with him I would have oh, enjoyed yes. seeing that Damn. oh my god I'd love that what? you should do a Steven version Pinker? of louder with Crowder but like stinker with Pinker <laughs> What's he like IRL? What's his kind of energetic vibe? Pinker or Gladwell? Yeah, Pinker. Pinker's whole, like, I've never seen He's him. He's got a fasona. <laughs> did you ever see that movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith and Kevin Kline? His He's vibe like is the, the vibe of the, like, top-hatted bad guy in that movie. I'm disappointed <laughs> you didn't say the giant transportative robot, but yeah. I will allow it. Well, no, I mean, mm. never forget that uh, Stephen Pinker's main solution to global warming is like a sort of confected steampunk airship yes. that yes. sort of seeds the clouds. So he would actually yeah. fit in the wild, wild, wild west yeah, universe. Exactly. And actually, I think it going even further, in many ways, Stephen Pinker is to like academic thought and theorizing what Will Smith is to rap music. <laughs> 
<laughs> what pair? What uh, so, uh, experts just don't understand? <laughs> what I like about that is the one thing I hate most about stand-up comedy is when people do for no reason. It's all the SJWs, right? Uh, no, uh, of course. No. The mm. one thing I hate about stand-up comedy is when someone comes up and for no reason is like, "Here's me doing the rap from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air." Right? You're gonna think that can't have happened more than once. Mm. I have seen it. 10 plus fucking times. I think people think that it's a good thing to do. And now people love to. Josie sometimes Stephen dissociates Pinker. from her own act. <laughs> <laughs> she's, just, she's hovering West above the theatre. Why am I doing it again? <laughs> no, if, I were, if I were able to be more succinct here, I could then go. And of course, now people like to use Stephen Pinker as some sort of guide to their thought. And so it's mm. true. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Um, Damn. Beautiful. No, so it's cool. We're wasting the um, shadow international trade secretary's time arguing mm. with a simpleton. Um, also, the presenter fine. being like, don't you think you're actually being very suspicious and naughty, Barry Gardner, given what Malcolm Gladwell's just <laughs> maybe, said? Yeah. Maybe you have something nice to say to Mr. Gladwell because <laughs> really he's given you been, a lollipop. Th- this has been the election where the BBC just kind of all became preschool teachers. <laughs> Look at how Boris eats his scones. Isn't that nice? <laughs> mm, um, delicious so scones. I'm gonna, I want to go into a little bit more of this whole selling the NHS thing, right? Um, so for some background, especially for our American listeners, um, Labor has uh, looked basically through a freedom of information request, has been able to obtain all of the, the, mi- the minutes of the meetings between the International Trade Secretary, who was Liam Fox at the time, mm. and the Trump administration from 2017 to 2018, where they were talking about what kind of post-Brexit trading agree- a- a- agreement they would, they would make. And crucially... Um, and you know, Trump said everything would be on the table. So no matter how many times they say nope, the NHS is off the table, a they don't define what that means. Mm-hmm. So like, there are a lot, a lot of the bad faith, like right, right wing think tank morons mm-hmm. will say, oh, what you think an American company wants to take over some unprofitable clinic in Leicestershire? And it's like, yes, yes, they fucking do. Yes, but they're going to do it slowly and by stealth, and it's going to start with like increasing patent times and prescription prices and privatizing little bits and bobs and this, that, and the other, and so on. I really wish the minutes weren't heavily redacted because I want to read the Trump contributions. Like, listen, everything's going to be on the table, okay? <laughs> Even the burgers, that's why the hamburger can't come. And then there's like, <laughs> there's like unintelligible. He steals hamburgers. It's a serious issue. Where do you stand? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we're going <laughs> to... Look... Right now, the, the hospitals, the hospitals in Britain, they're like the, the beds, they're so small. They're so small, you can't even spread out. Very nasty beds. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so the, uh, that's the whole thing, right? Um, where these reports, and this is uh, Corbyn talking, these reports pull back the curtain on the secrecy that's being plotted for us all behind closed doors by the conservative government. And this is what they don't want you to know. So these are the key points. The documents released show that the talks had progressed. Um, and there was a discussion on pharmaceuticals, uh, and the report actually said the impact of some patent issues raised on NHS access to generic drugs, i.e., cheaper drugs, will be a consideration going forward. And then healthcare came up again uh, with the UK team stating we should be aiming to engage in a more in depth discussion on how the UK system works, e.g., on pharmaceutical protections, as a means of positioning ourselves in relation to future US asks. Love to position myself in relation to future US asks. Yeah, Wait, are they are they gonna are they considering pegging? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I think I think, I, I think what it's, they're it's saying it's the more profound kind of pegging, which is health data. 
Yeah. Oh, damn. The kind of pegging that's okay in the Quran. Like, they're basically going to turn the UK into, like, a giant uh, rat maze where they're just going <laughs> to test medicines on us. Mm. Yes, but you know what? If you really work hard in the rat maze, at the end, sometimes there's, like, a little bit of MSG or something. You can have oh, yeah, you get delicious. the cheese. Yeah, you get, you know, you get the cheese, and there's only 50% of the time is the cheese going to be um, loaded with a new drug that may cure your cancer or may cause your anus to fall out. <laughs> we might touch the little reward thing and it'll electrocute you. Mm. I mean, mm. it's a, it's a <laughs> more exciting for society. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we're building a society for me. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cheese, electrocution, my <laughs> anus falling out. <laughs> Change that to dick and we've got a deal, partner. <laughs> Sign me up. So a lot of what this actually boils down to, as I mentioned earlier, is allowing American medicines to stay patented for longer. Um, so like usually like a patent on a medicine will last like 10, 12 years. And that allows the, um, the company to be the exclusive supplier of that medicine and to basically extract rents from the fact that they're the only people who can do it. And then the drug goes generic and the price craters and it becomes widely available. And so right now, the, the NHS will respect... Pat the UK has certain patent limitations on drugs, at which point they then mm. will then go generic. And what the US is saying, well, no, you have to like have much longer allowing patented medicines to say the exclusive property of the pharmaceutical company that is well, distributing them. And that just means... Here's an example. I found this. Um, uh, Humira, the brand name for the drug um, uh, Adalimunab. Adalimumab. Is this the ISIS number two? <laughs> um, used to treat Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis, cost the NHS £1,409 a packet, and it cost the U U US £8,115. Awesome. This, th mm. this is the difference that they want. They're saying we want to, I don't know, multiply the UK prescription cost by, like, what, eight-ish? So, and isn't it if the Tories want to extend these patent periods and make you keep paying, make the NHS keep paying eight grand a packet for ad adu bubid mabs, then uh, like for Abu Bakr al Bag, yeah, Kumara. for Abu, ba mm. Abu Bakr al Bag Crohn's disease, Corbyn <laughs> wants to not do that. Where is the third further left position of just do the home taping is killing music thing and start disrespecting patents? <laughs> Damn. I thought you were going to go for a bathtub do-it-yourself. Yeah, yeah like, well, we're I like, mean. Ah, just, just, just getting this we? big horse to get my Premier in out of. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Why do we as a nation not do more piracy? Like, why don't we yes. do more espionage? Like, mm. pharmaceutical espionage. We're a massive block as it stands. Are we like Because part of this is about us being this big trading block as a thing mm. because we've got this comprehensive service over the whole country so we're not just individual hospitals or groups of mm. hospitals so surely we could get away with some real yeah high class just, rule breaking just shit what can they do Josie yeah. what you're basically saying is the labour policy to have a nationalised drug maker which is yeah. just labour yeah. policy <laughs> yes yeah. that would be legal you know we, should, we want to be more illegal about this so instead <laughs> of a yeah. national policy it's a guy with a bathtub and an allotment <laughs> just yeah. throwing a big stick with a, like a, a tub <laughs> full of adu boomer blabs it's just Jeremy Corbyn in a trench coat guy yeah. like hey do you want some insulin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call it minsulin because I made mm. it myself <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is like when on stage I was saying kill all billionaires and then the Labour policy, I think, pretty much came out the same. And I was like, I'm a top influencer. I didn't realise that that's what Labour advocate for. I mean, how wonderful. That's exactly what I would like is for us to make our own drugs. Um, 
not and not even in a silly way. Like that's yeah. great. That's no, good. Policy. So that that is but also math. Uh, <laughs> Just and so, a sideline in something yeah, to exactly. pick me up of an evening. We sell that to the Russians to get the money to buy the supplies Look, for the I pharmaceuticals. Mean, meth, meth is therapeutic. It's all it's all just dosages, right? It cures your ADHD. You have a little bit more of it. You have a nice time, right? This is it's exactly. fine. It's all going to work out. You have a little bit more. Your dental bills reduced. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's Malcolm Gladwell. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that literally is a Malcolm Gladwell argument, no. which is that the poor should you smoke have the lathe of heaven no. today. It's <laughs> one of Malcolm Gladwell's arguments, and uh, premium subscribers will have heard this before, is that the poor should not stop smoking so they die younger and cost the health system less. Oh, he literally wrote this in an article. Mm. Oh, did Malcolm Gladwell once read Freakonomics and go, I can build a life out of this? Actually, <laughs> that's actually backwards. Freakonomics is ripping off him. Uh-huh. Like it's it's one of those mm. things where it became more famous as like the the example of what the shit that Gladwell does. But no, he was first. Wow, damn, because um, he's so boring. But I bet Freakonomics yeah. are like classic Freakonomics. Yeah, uh, so about here, that. So here's the thing, right? Um, this the whole sort of debate over sell- selling the NHS has become incredibly stupid right away mm. because it has led to um, we get lots of right wing figures saying that. Making the argument, well, if you're not selling the literal clinics and GP and sort of f- um, fobbing off the GP contracts to like Disney, yeah. then you're not selling the the NHS most, to American companies. Most notably, friend of the show Lionel Shriver uh, went oh. on, mm. I, I think it was Newsnight, to say no one would buy the NHS, which is going to come as a real surprise to all of the like privatized bits of it already. This is like. It just frustrates me that they're allowed to take the piss so much. Like, the person whose job it is to book should be reprimanded for being like, "Uh, I think we really need some experts to talk about the NHS. Well, this woman once wrote a book about a guy who killed some people in a school. That sounds perfect. Bring her on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And this other guy realized that if you practice really hard, you'll get good at something. Anyway, let's put them up against the shadow, like, trade secretary and shadow health secretary. Also, like, as we've discussed, like, what people like Lionel Shriver want is actually incredibly simple. And if you just threw him a bone, then shut up. If Labour just introduced a policy of, like, Lionel Shriver and our friends can just say the word, like, once a week, (laughs) they'd go away. They'd all be voting Labour. They'd be like, finally. Um, well, like this well, here's was my th- thing. This was my joke about uh, boomers doing foreign intervention in like Iran and Afghanistan. Was they always post the photos of like, oh, in 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 seventies Iran under the Shah, women could wear miniskirts. And I'm like, if only, if only Khomeini had been like, no other changes to the Sharia at all, but we'll bring the miniskirts back. All of those guys would be fine. <laughs> I love just like Khomeini checking out a woman in a miniskirt, being like, damn, that's halal. <laughs> so. So the the thing is, right, that the um all what these trade documents show isn't that this or that particular element of the NHS is going to be sold, whatever sold means. What it mm. means is that we are opening up our public sector to US rent seekers and then we will let them seek rents against it. Mm. It is so, the thin mm. end of the wedge, quite literally. So you can look at mm. un- unearthed, for example, revealed last month that um DEFRA are very concerned about coming under pressure from the trade ministry to weaken food standards in order to strike a trade deal with the U.S. And what that lets them do is just cut their is cut their production costs to then sell the same product, uh, and of like you know just uh, broccoli that's got the salmonella guaranteed. Well, like it, yeah. it, this was a joke about chlorinated chicken. I think Boris used it in the House of Commons at one point. And, like, yeah, okay, fine, but the Trump administration just privatized um, pork 
uh, hygiene inspection. So now the industry is self-regulating. So yeah, that's... You don't want a communist inspecting your pork no, factories. You what don't. you want is a businessman. Exactly. You want, like... Listen, I've read this book <laughs> called Animal Farm. Very interesting book. As I understand it, the communists cannot be trusted to deal with the pigs. <laughs> well, the what pigs if... are in on the game. The game is up. Very nasty pigs. Very bad guys. My, Milo, I think you, your ma- big mistake here is assuming he would have read something. Mm. I don't think he understood that it was a metaphor. <laughs> I don't think he's able to read. I saw a cartoon. It was called Animal Farm. Very badly run farm. I saw a cartoon. It was called USA Curse. And it was Garfield and all of his friends. And they were all there. They didn't need the Food Standards Agency. They didn't. Um, you know, so basically, Matt Hancock then went on Sky News to say, actually, all of that evidence you dug up is wrong. Was, the was this before or after his hustings? Which I know uh, we'll get to, but... Uh, this was, I think, before... Uh, but mm. the posi- he said the position is that the NHS is not on the table and the changes to patent arrangements to do with pharmaceuticals will not be in that trade deal. If the Americans say that we'll only do a trade deal if the NHS is part of it, then we'll walk away. No, you Presumably won't. to no, go you get won't. the NHS to bring it to them. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we're just going to walk away from that, our entire, like, Atlanticist project. Sure you will. Yeah. It's well, also no, it's- like they've been unable to like they, they thought that they could like bully the EU in negotiations. They've like comprehensively failed to do that. And now they think they're going to bully the United States of America, the famously friendly and normal organization <laughs> that definitely isn't notorious yeah, for being a gigantic cunt to everyone. But the, like this is the weird thing, right? Because it's something that allows for the opportunity to be evil, it's the one thing you can't trick Donald Trump about. Mm. Like in any other situation, we would just be like, "Yes, you can, uh, you can like sell to this NHS here, and we create a Potemkin fake NHS out of cardboard that he can mm. go and play in." And we thing- just create a fake hospital that's just staffed entirely by Playboy models. Yeah, we, and just- we, just, we just let him loose on the set of Casualty, and like just yeah. let just let him privatize that. We've we've made a deal with the entirety of the city of Holby. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's Very the, good deal, folks. Here's Very the thing, good. Right? The um, the U. It's like we we start with these soaring medical bills, right? And then all of a sudden, the NHS then is under unprecedented financial pressure. Mm-hmm. And then how how quickly from that do we move on to we have the waiting room, and then we have Raytheon presents the speed waiting room. Mm. Where you uh, get free speed, yeah, you ha- or <laughs> oh, you yeah. have like, um, or you, or you have, uh, you know, like, uh, well, you have, you can have the sur- student surgeon uh, who'll do it for free, or you can have Disney presents the qualified surgeon. I mean, who's mm. actually going to understand this how to is, do your knee replacement? This is the thing I love about being both trans and living in Scotland is that my election choice is between the Labour Party, the Lockheed Martin waiting room, uh, priority prestige edition. Or the SNP, which is just like some mild neoliberalism, but also I can't get healthcare because they think I'm a rapist. Awesome. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's great. It's it's all it's all great, uh, great options. Mm-hmm. It's all very um, normal. But this is when we talk about creeping privatization. This is what we mean. We mean we mean things that are made to be unviable, and they're made to be unviable by allowing greater rents to be sought from them or starving them of funding so that rent seeking can continue unabated elsewhere. And then it just then the process of of rents being imposed on those sectors is then one of increasing returns. Yes. So like what what's already going on is, you know, cherry picking what is profitable and selling that off straight away, which creates like a strain on the remainder which isn't sold off. Like there's so much already happened 
that is following similar models. I, I feel out of my depth, even though I know what I'm <laughs> saying is true. And this is the problem with being a comedian is I've just... Too, but it, it, yeah, like... Just do the rap from the Fresh Prince. <laughs> now listen, in West Philadelphia. Um, oh, Lord. Uh, fuck, I hate it so fucking much when people do it. I'm like... Right, like still, we now? would take a privatized mm. NHS if we could. You know what's what? That's our that's the new Lib Dem deal. <laughs> the Lib Dems are go, going oh. in coalition with the Tories, being like, Look, you give us our second referendum and you can privatize the NHS, you just have to make the Fresh Prince song illegal. No, well, they would go I the just, other way. The Lib Dems yeah, would make yeah. it the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Swinson would do it and she'd, she'd change the lyrics to be about it. her. Weston Barton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, because I forgot the Lib Dems are the party of being epic, yes. Um. But Can I just say, those cunts think that a policy that would win round renters is to give them a loan to take out a fucking deposit. People love loans. <laughs> That's they true. They love loans. Because the great thing, I said this before, the great thing about a loan is you never have to pay it back. Mm. Yeah. It's not real debt. No, exactly. And, and everyone's favorite thing is paying deposits. We love doing that. The reason oh, it's called a it. loan is because they leave you alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, but also, I, I like, it's... This is so so transparently horse shit. And I think it's actually quite a bit why, like, look, trust no polls. Polls are all lies. There's no such thing as an accurate poll. Uh, the but- Brexit party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, why Labour is now, like, what, up by five in the most recent is now within it's 6% of the Tories in one of the most error. recent polls. Yeah. Please, God, please, God. Yeah. Please. Right. I, I was going to mm. save this for the live show, but the one thing I was going to say about it is it's not the despair, right? I can live with the despair. It's the yeah. hope that kills you. Yeah. yeah. It's but, the feeling of being this close. Yeah. The feeling to seeing the manifesto and going, obviously this isn't perfect. Obviously this isn't everything I want, but we could have this. Mm-hmm. We could have that. That's a thing that we could vote for. And yes. the idea that, oh my God. It's and all, all we have Imagine. to get, get past to make that happen is a bunch of chances like Matt Hancock and fucking early learning center kindergarten BBC presenters. <laughs> it um, is it is genuinely amazing how close this election still is, given just how much the Tories are just phoning it in. Like they're not even trying. Like they're so bad. Like they're literally there's such a collection of just like porridge brained morons who like they can't even pretend not to be evil for like five no. minutes they can't even like Boris Johnson can't even go on TV and just say some nonsense and not lie for two minutes he can't do it he's incapable he like he makes Cameron look like one of the most deft politicians to have ever lived <laughs> I mean, and yet still people are like but not the jam granddad <laughs> I mean, this feels like it was 20 years ago and it was five weeks but I'd like to point out that they started this election coming straight out of the gate with well if i was in a fire i would just leave (laughs) (laughs) wow that does feel like a long time ago i mean where 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 is jacob reese mogg where have they locked him for the duration of oh no he's definitely (laughs) in a haunted wardrobe right now trying to work his way back to reality (laughs) a wardrobe haunted by jacob reese mogg (laughs) i've been thinking this exact same thing why haven't we heard from him like what is he up to has he genuinely been he's gone to live on a farm yeah Soon as you say, well, of course the poor burn to death, they're stupid. I think even the Tory party <laughs> takes you out of circulation for a while. <laughs> Listen, Jacob. Um, yeah, l- look, look, 
where it's still you still get fully it's a participation trophy he fucked up as badly as it's possible to fuck up in a huge public forum and it's in front of a very important election and he still has his job and he still has his seat and he's still like well respected and he's probably just going to they're well, gonna they're, wait they're, till everyone they're just forgets gonna hope that everyone forgets about it and because everything happens so much we all kind of almost have which is why i feel a profound duty to bring it back up again he's on your um he's well, on paying for the man to do your gardening leave thank you, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Jacobs, Jacobs had to go stay with some friends on the other side till this blows over. <laughs> Jacob Reese Mogg going to, to the mattresses, but it's like a four-poster bed. He's hiding in Sicily, but rather than it being just like a, a tumble-down old old uh, old old house that he's like hiding in from the American mob, he's Mikey Corleone just going to a house he owns in Sicily. <laughs> um, no, so uh, the uh, the other thing, right, is even Ian. D- Some Tories are feeling the panic, though. Ian Duncan Smith has started door knocking his own oh constituents, God. who all hate him. Uh, again, for American listeners, Ian Duncan Smith was the t- leader of a, of the think tank called the Center for Social Justice, which came up with the universal credit idea, which has killed like what a hundred thousand people, hundred fifty thousand, I think. I like the, the yeah, Center for Social Justice. I think applies the rule is for think tanks, much as it is for countries. Like if it's called like the Democratic Republic <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it ain't. <laughs> They're trying to draw, really draw attention to something. Also, yeah. now the tankies are going to get mad at us. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, well, they're going to they're going to beat me up if they ever leave their bedroom. Oh wait. Oh, anyway. So I I saw a tweet today which was somebody in even Duncan Smith's constituency, and they've taken this photo from the perspective of someone inside the house. So this guy's wife or this the guy's partner coming from inside the, the picture. And so there's the guy at the door looking absolutely gleeful, and then just at the door with the darkness behind him. Is Ian Duncan Smith looking really desperate? And it says, Ian Duncan Smith has come to my house. I live in his constituency. He's told me if I vote Labour, they will take my house off me. Excuse me, if you vote Labour... You're gone. The house is gone. <laughs> yeah. What what legislative mechanism do they think they're going to deploy to do that? John coming down to your house with a BMW full of guys with sledgehammers <laughs> and they're going to break mm. your legs and take your house. Think, do they think John yeah. McDonald is Jimmy Hoffa? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're all dressed in full I, I heard you build social houses. <laughs> shame if someone, uh, shame if someone just took you know, all the houses. Brit- no one in Britain gets any houses. That's the Labour Party policy. Yeah, well, they do. We'll all just have to live in a field. Terrible. Be like Glastonbury all the time. Hey, buddy, you should have listened to Ian Duncan Smith. (laughs) So here's the thing, right? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt. So I was talking to someone who said that Pfizer Shaheen, is Pfizer running in Yeah, she's running in Chingford and Wood Green. Pfizer Shaheen, who's running in Chingford, is going to have had 100% engagement which means she will have knocked on literally every single door in Chingford which is unheard of that's the level she's of she's still alive which is remarkable <laughs> okay on her behalf people will have done so but okay yeah that shows the level of engagement that we're talking about in terms of ground game for the Labour Party at the moment every single door in Chingford has been knocked no wonder Ian Duncan Smith is like I better go out on my own of an evening because <laughs> he's only got four guys do you know what I mean and they're all 35 and they all meet up together and they're two Shame to wear a conservative rose. Being carried around in a litter. (laughs) Yeah. Like, at some point, like, there is, I accept there's like 40% of this country that always votes conservative no matter what because, like, Thatcher gave them their council house and, you know, they're like, I worked for everything I had or whatever. And that's it. And you're never going to get those people back. And then there Mm. are the people who have all, like, you know, the, who own all the land and they're always going to vote conservative. But it feels like they're really hit a ceiling. 
Well, you'd mm. hope. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's gone to a point where they're like, they're basically like shitting on their own traditional base yes, by just like they're, they're taking away their pensions the and stuff. Now. Like, but then, they're losing Lib Dem votes to Labour because uh, Boris Johnson is being uncivil, the thing that they despise the most. So, uh, like, 150,000 deaths from austerity, that doesn't do shit. But him making a weird mm. throat-cutting gesture in a radio interview, if that's the thing that gets him out uh, of government, then I'm all for that it. Was, that was incredible. That was extremely Panama banker from The Simpsons energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely shouldn't have said it was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> like my favourite incident, though, has to be Michael Gove turning up at the climate debate instead of Boris Johnson, and then, like, doing this, like, faux gotcha video that he put He's like, see, they just don't want to debate a conservative. It's like, no, they want to debate the actual leader of the Conservatives, who <laughs> and then you are up not. With his dad, he brought yeah. his, he brought Boris's dad to like bring a sick note to say, "Please, sir, can I be excused?" Games. <laughs> mm. Um. So speaking of, of Boris as well, he's also um he must he, he wrote a column after a uh, a a terror related stabbing that occurred on London Bridge. Uh, he actually has written a call. The guy was um I think the the guy was was shot by police. Um, and now Boris has written a column that says, give me a majority and I'll keep you safe from terror. <laughs> I mean, I, not terror, to steal Nate's tweets while he's not here, but his take on it was, let me ride on my back, on, on your back, and I promise I won't sting you. And I, yeah. I think that's as well as, as well as it can be expressed. <laughs> also, mm. the, 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 um, because the thing is, like, in, in Iraq, like, they never, they never just said it. And in, in, no. in like the run up to Iraq, it was always like, "Look, Saddam Hussein is dangerous. It, these these are the particulars of this situation that mean we have to go no. after Saddam." This, and here, this, look, I baked this the Sara Lee yellow cake uranium there, or whatever. Like there, there wasn't a Tony Blair column in the mirror saying, uh, "Trade your liberty for security." Yeah, and this is literally just what Boris Johnson is saying. Uh, he and here is the fucked up thing. Though I, I I haven't been able to make notes on this. Um, uh, normally, because it's like a picture from the newspaper. In our manifesto a week ago, I set out how we must reform human rights laws to shift the balance in favor of our security and intelligence service. Yeah. Many, many human rights lawyers attacked this move. They are wrong, and the public does not agree with them. I, I will laws- say that one of those human rights lawyers who attacked him on this move was stabbed to death by that guy. Like, Jack Merritt was a prison abolitionist. Yeah. Uh, our laws are constrained by, quote, the right to a private life, which limits surveillance of terrorists, and specifically only terrorists. It doesn't limit surveillance no. of non-terrorists, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sick of you don't having... have a private life. <laughs> no, you don't. I, for one, am sick of having a private life, and I yeah. can't wait for the government to watch that private me while I'm not, because it's hard. Doing Islam, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's literally this thing where, like, all of the conspiracy theories about Corbyn are true, but they're just true about Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah. All of this, like, oh, you know, Corbyn gets into Downing Street and the next day he's going to, you know, declare a communist police state and launch a pogrom. Like, well, no, but Boris Johnson actually might. Well, like, Boris that is, Johnson like, has literally said that his intention is to deprive um, travellers of their way of life and to, like, actively make it impossible to be a traveller. That is, like... 
genocidal rhetoric without sounding too like mm. extreme. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's fucking horrific. Like, and then on top of that, he's bringing in new laws against um, trespass that are going to really, really restrict the right to protest and really restrict the right to kind of challenge certain things. Like, it's not remotely exaggerated. Yeah, protest, say, that's for terrorists, so that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. So he, normal he, people don't do that. He's going to shut down Channel 4, like all these things. Exactly what you're he's saying. Gonna Wait, he's going to shut down Channel 4. Yeah, because they embarrassed him at the climate debate. He's now going to review their license if he gets a majority. Wow, that's extremely fucking normal. That mm. is a 10 out of 10 normal. Yes, very normal. How, how are people still... I'm sorry, I didn't know this. this is just, I'm just <laughs> processing so this. Hang on, I've just gotten off of a... I've just gotten off of a plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From a country where they actually do shit like that and where everyone's like, God, that Putin is a bad dude. And then now you've got Boris Johnson, right? Like the supposed prime minister of this country just saying that he's going to shut down a TV station or like, to, like try and shut them down because they embarrassed him at a debate it's like this is like full bore like authoritarian shit and people are still hand wringing over like we don't know what jeremy corbyn is gonna do it's yeah, like he's well, gonna I think take we've got a house. pretty fucking good idea actually <laughs> but, you know, we've got a pretty fucking good idea what boris johnson's gonna do which is exactly what he's fucking said he's gonna do i mean yes. this is the thing right the russia <laughs> gate liberals your cards, everyone oh, <laughs> jesus the, christ the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the like, russia gate liberals are not wrong Right, like the oligarchy is the problem. The problem is that they don't recognize that it's capitalism rather than corrupt capitalism or crony capitalism or whatever. But like, pretty mm. much, you just get off a plane anywhere and it's Russia. Like, you, it's, it's just just a well, 20... that is the Russian dream, my friend. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just like twenty guys in suits who run everything, and it's illegal to make fun of them. And yeah. in the world, there are two genders: there's Russia and there's Greater Serbia. Thank you. <laughs> so here's here's he continues. Um, it concerns me that Jeremy Corbyn is setting out plans to weaken our system and make it more difficult for our security services to stop people who want yeah, to do us harm. I can't believe he said that that was his he, plan, that he was going <laughs> to weaken our system. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, it's secret, just secret member of ISIS, I guess. Uh, he mm. wants to give more power to human rights lawyers, which would make us less safe. It's just the show 24. It's and, it's literally, it's just 24. Ag- ag- again, two of the three people that that guy stabbed to death were... Human rights lawyers who were explicitly uh, in favor of rehabilitation and, well, human rights over security. Also, like, what you're saying doesn't even make sense. It's like, oh, Jeremy Corbyn wants to give more power to human rights lawyers. Human rights lawyers don't have power. They apply the law, which is set by government. Lawyers, yeah. are, just, lawyers are merely fucking intermediaries in another way. They don't have power over anything. It's yeah, just nonsense. No, they, they do because they can like criticize you. And, you know, laws also, the laws are all cucked, of course. And in fact, mm. the, the conservatives <laughs> also are saying, uh, well, oh, the, the laws gave too much uh, freedom to the terrorists to do terrorism. And it's like you've been in power for nine years. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the here's the other thing, and this is where I kind of have like I go back and forth, where it's like what happened is these guys who did this attack, they were released from prison because the funding for their rehabilitation service was slashed to nothing. Wasn't it privatized and then yeah. brought back in after it was completely ruined by privatization? Yeah, it was. So it's going to be they, a they massive found, mess. They found this letter that the guy wrote. Virgin de-radicalization. <laughs> Essentially, like uh, begging for a de-radicalization course so he could become a good British citizen. Or whatever. To be fair, I think probably what most of these people need is to fuck. I think for a virgin yeah, well, de-radicalization that, no, that is, is probably re- an appropriate yeah. name for the service. Hilarious, but like I think, but then I got I run up against the well, how much like this is. Austerity has, like, the the things about the police state that are, like, 
propagandized to keep us safe, like prisons and police and whatever, that actually don't. Again, they're not even doing the thing that they advertise anymore. They're just doing the bad shit because mm. they've completely given up on the idea that like someone could be rehabilitated or reintegrated into public life. And now they're, ju- they're just doing like the um, locking people up um, you know, essentially uh, forever, but then releasing them after a few years once they've been I mean, fucked with in a dangerous and, and like I, overcrowded prison. I don't want to fund these things more, No, but I can see how austerity led to this. I, I think the mm. thing to say is that it was ever thus, right? They were always failing at those stated aims. Um, mm. It's it's not just that now that they're being deprived of funding, that they're like not succeeding by their own merits. I don't think they ever did that. Um, yeah, but I, they arguably probably did better. I mean, you, there's probably yeah. like a. I mean, like with anything, like abo- if you're going to abolish prisons, there's always going to be a stepping stone stage of that, which is like making there be less people in prison, making prisons better and more humane, and like that is like that is like a kind of the gradual process which will it will inevitably take. And so I don't think it's like kind of incoherent to say like as an intermediary stage we should be like funding rehabilitation programs no, more rather than just being like throw away the key. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't think there's anything. In- I mean, I'm sure there's some very angry people in Durham right now spilling shit on their dungarees, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but right. So it's but it's it's very clear that like the mask is fully slipped where they're like, no, we're still we're not going to fund this stuff. And they they had the opportunity to fund these things and they didn't. And it's very clear that this this attack was could have been prevented by like funding these rehabilitation programs or at least made less likely. I'm just thinking now that about Boris Johnson's book where a terrorist attack like two minutes down the road from this one is caused indirectly by funding all of this stuff too much. Yeah, this is what I was thinking mm. as well, right? Like, you, we already know exactly what's in <clears throat> Boris Johnson's mind about this. I mean, he also just co- says it in his columns all the time. But, like, remember, Boris Johnson wrote a terrible novel where the main inciting incident occurs because the national security system isn't at, at a sufficient baseline level of Islamophobia. Hmm. And because yeah. there's too many rehabilitation things and social work things and like social interventions, d- it's like it's like there are there are it's in Boris Johnson's worldview there is a there is social Darwinism which is natural which allows the best people to rise to the top and then um, you can fuck with that by like coddling people too much which turns them into jihadis because also jihadis hate social Darwinism for whatever reason. And so it's like it's he's there's this beautiful little hierarchy that he has that's getting threatened either from coddling or from Islam. And mm. we need to just crush both of them. And Isn't, that's what that is like. It, it's plain for you to see. It's right there. And when he says, give me a majority and I'll keep you safe from human rights, you know what the mm. fuck he means. Mm. It well, is like, really is... hilarious to me that someone who works with Jacob Breeze Mogg can think that the working class are coddled too much. <laughs> well, like the thing is, right, this is a. Uh, an incoherence, a contradiction at the heart of almost all uh, modern Western, like, resurgent proto-fascism or whatever. Like, th- I had Groypers in my mentions the other day, and Groypers, if you don't know, like, a, a more fascistic outgrowth of the, like, Pepe frog meme. Also neuter. Yeah, and neuter. But one of the <laughs> things that they like to say, one of their mm. little catchphrases, because they think it annoys liberals, is, Islam is right about women. Because they ag- they agree <laughs> with what they they agree with like 
Islamism, right? They, they agree entirely with Saeed Kosov, uh, but also they hate him because he's not white. So it's it's just that I don't know what ga- you do. And also with they're that like tension. epic bacon people, obviously, yes, so they can course. be Muslim on that. We have, on that they basis. have to crusade against this religion, who is actually more right than Western liberalism. It's that just is- wild stuff. That is a galaxy brain take to rival the person who replied to Hussein's tweet, the troll tweet about uh, them all becoming Muslim at the end of Star Wars today. <laughs> Someone replied to him and was like, actually, there are no Muslims in space. <laughs> I mean, the, the way thing that is, this tweet went on, you could tell they were completely serious. <laughs> the the like, thing is, though, really this, is, this, this is not that different from Boris's actual worldview. He is basically a groiper. Damn. Just um, Boris groiper, yeah. So I think steering steering a little bit back is one thing we've been talking about, right, um, is also the, the BBC being completely unable or unwilling to hold Boris Johnson to account yeah. when all of this is fucking happening. Yeah. You know, um, so Hugo, like, for example, he um, he just fa- he, they let him off from going on a very difficult interview with Andrew Neil that Jeremy Corbyn did go on. Um, yeah, but how's he eat a scone though? We've got to know. How's he eat that scone? Mm. Then they then they release these puff pieces about like, oh, how the prime minister takes his scones. <laughs> a you know, puff it's pastry piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, or then uh, on the back on the subject of selling the NHS, here's what uh, Laura Koonsberg wrote. Laura Koonsberg, who has actually been made, who has been apologized for by the BBC for anti-Corbyn bias in the past, friend mm. of the ha- show. Yeah, yeah, has said. Uh, that the, all of this NHS hub sale stuff is going to be furiously disputed throughout the day. Um, important that Corbyn doesn't. Uh, and Corbyn important though. Corbyn doesn't provide evidence that ministers have agreed the health service should be part of a trade deal with the U.S. He Details. Of, detail. Yeah, no, because he, because he didn't say we're going to sell every GP service to like you know. Um, General dynamics that d- because Laura Just, Koonsberg is like, well, that's not selling that. Mm. Of course, of course, you, you you like work so hard at the BBC as the like political editor that you forget what implication is. Happens all the time. Mm. Uh, yeah, she's I, not rich enough. Like she, nobody in Britain is rich enough for the consequences of the things that she's helping put in place like mm-hmm. i'm sorry i just refuse to believe that her salary she is gets, enough to cover she, she gets the canapes and stuff right she gets the mm. table scraps that you get for being sort of a court journalist right well it's also that thing where i think with a lot of with a lot of those kind of journalists i think it's not even like a politics thing for them it's like a thing where it's like the the corbynist movement oh, offends the their sensibilities of like no they don't they don't like play nice and like do the do the things well, that i expect whereas that's like true but they're also Boris not johnson shows ends. up and you know Bad does he doesn't show up. Doffs his hat or whatever. Yeah, yeah no, not yeah. on the, not when it matters. Yeah. But he shows up at the other times and like does something charming and like shoves a croissant up his ass or something, you know, in, yeah. in the classic style. <laughs> um, Excuse goes, me. And everyone's like, oh, how charming. He doesn't know how to eat a croissant because he's so aloof. Is, is that a Piers Gaveston thing or? <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, showing a croissant up a pig's ass. Uh, <laughs> uh, not directly. Uh, so. She goes on, big political question about whether any UK government would ever actually do a deal that made medicines more expensive for the NHS would be massively costly and likely deeply unpopular. Big political question, which we can answer with, yes. Uh, Yeah, because no government ever does anything that's unpopular or expensive. Exactly. The Iraq Mm. war didn't happen. No. All those protesters out in the street were just going for a walk. Yeah. Also, like, she never heard of 
like government sneaking things through. Like because you, you'd want to sit down and go, mate, I'm just going to give you a little half hour primer on the last twenty years of politics. It's going to blow your mind mm. because you must yeah. not know how this got. That, that, that is that what we need, I think, is to take all of these people like Koonsberg and Peston and whoever else at the BBC, Rob Burley, at face value and just sit them down as friends and say, mate, like half hour explanation. <laughs> Yeah. I, I felt really bad, but I got really annoyed at the sheer incredulity of yeah. of the discourse. And there's like Jim Pickard, what's his name? J.M. Pickard. Yeah, J. Pickard. And he was saying something about like, um, oh, I mean, how could they privatise the NHS? They wouldn't do it, would they? And I was like, it's already happened. And then I was, and then I said, if you want, I can link you to some articles so you can learn about it. So I was just like, <laughs> how can you do this? How can you be like less? I think, weirdly, for someone who spends so much of her time like seemingly spinning things, I think Lyra Koonsberg simply hasn't realised what spin is and how it works, and that like at least thirty percent of the British electorate are like eat, like willful rubes who like no matter like whatever the Tories say, they just believe, and because so the Tories sense. can like the Tories are literally just like piss in people's pockets and tell them it's raining, and they're just like yeah well we've actually we have privatized NHS but actually it's good because it actually makes it cheaper even though you're paying more money in a way it's cheaper Malcolm Gladwell says so that, um, and also Grimes. Jeremy Corbyn is gonna you know paint paint everything red and you know make your make your car gay so you're barely even exaggerating about the piss thing Darren Grimes late of uh, the leave campaign no relation to the Why other Grimes he's not in prison in all seriousness hmm. he's been found well, he, guilty he should be in prison for this tweet in which he's <laughs> Said yeah. that, uh, come, on, Boris, come on, come on, let's be, let's be prison abolitionists. Boris, come on. Jo- he said yes, Boris Johnson fair. could piss Sinbin. through his mum's lesser box and he would still vote for him so long as he delivered, like, Brexit. Oh, fuck, that's who Darren Grimes is. Oh, God, yeah, he's yes. awful. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Darren, why oh. are you kneeling in front of your mum's lesser box? <laughs> 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 right, but it's, um, it's the only part of the house Please. that faces Mecca. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a strange house. This is a house that's made of non-Euclidean geometry. My, my flatmate is Nair Lathotep. This, this, this is such uh. a fucking, like, Hussein bit of like Muslim builders building Asherian <laughs> houses <laughs> where only every wall faces Mecca. <laughs> um, right, but so going back to this, right? I always vacillate. You build a house on the North Pole, every wall. Faces. I always vacillate back and forth um, about like, are these people? Are these people like so coddled? By the experience of no. the post-political like no, 1990 I, to 2008, I, I, that they I'll, just I'll don't cu- get I'll it. I'll cut this one off and answer that for you. No, of course not. They they're all lying. They're not this stupid. But it is tactically useful to us to be as earnest as possible and to be like, "Would you like some links where you can read about this?" Because it just makes it that much more obvious that. You are the political editor of the BBC. You are pretending that you don't know what privatization is. Like- That's the thing, Alice. This is where this is kind of where my question comes in because I, I have this like theory, right, that a lot of UK columnists and a lot of UK comedians actually as well have positioned themselves as the guardian of what's acceptable. Yes, and so what they see is. is because is they have this idea, especially because so many of them are so formed by the '90s, that there is. There, there is the new, young, modern way of thinking that actually was only sort of on trend for four years in the 1990s. It's just that's when things were good. And so they see their job as the tireless defenders of the truth or whatever yeah. as, 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 but as almost like 
defending this revelatory truth of liberalism. Nate, and can so- you edit in things can only get better by D. Ream <laughs> slowly building in the background? Oh, the music of Professor Brian Cox. Oh, it's, <laughs> right. it's fantastic to see this election. Wow. You know, this election couldn't happen if it hadn't been for the Big Bang. <laughs> and, so, and so the position of someone like Laura Koonsberg isn't just to report the truth, it's also to defend acceptability because she might see herself as the bulwark of uh, between Britain and disinformation and chaos. It's just that as far as she's concerned on the side of right is mm. basically neoliberalism because that is sort of religiously loved. Yeah, extremely you know, I, 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 cursed it's, thought. Liberalism I mean, it's called the right wing for a reason. Oh, oh Lord. God. This is the thing I, I was thinking is, so Corbyn has been the leader of the Labour Party for four, nearly four and a half years now. And I really thought at some point, especially 2017 after the election, what would happen would be some sort of shift of thought with kind of the commentator class mm. where they would go, okay, the left isn't entirely illegitimate. The left isn't an interloper. This is a, a kind of big movement. This is a big shift. You know, anyone under 40 who hasn't doesn't own a house buys into this, like the world has changed and we must understand it. And they've just like bloody-mindedly been like, no, no, it must be because Remainers led their vote. Like they just will not concede yeah. even like an inch. And it blows my mind. I mean, on, on one really... level, I'm kind of glad for that though. <laughs> what, why is that? Well, because like it, it heightens the contradictions, podcast I guess. content. <laughs> <laughs> it is also well, good podcast true. content. But like, I was <laughs> thinking, like, honestly, what would we do if Labour won? Like, like, what, like what would, <laughs> what would we well, talk this about? Is, yeah, this just is what everything's Charlotte fine Trump again. Said, was that we, they, in the reverse, said that if Trump won the election, they would have to stop the podcast, and it ended up being more content for them. So that's, that, that's mm. our curse, is we will only get worse... Uh, and more content as time goes on. Exactly. But we'll like, just no, start no, talking I'm, about Iran all the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad that like there is absolutely no compromise with this because it just kind of it shows that you can't do that. You can't negotiate with these people, and that sort of makes the Corbyn platform that much more attractive because you can then say, "Look, we tried." moderation with Ed Miliband and it just didn't work and none of these people want to come over to us so like if you want a better world this is your party and you don't have to have a big thing saying like controls on immigration just to make some racist agree with you mm. alright so here's what we're going to talk about this is this is basically an article from Hallowed Antiquity because it's referring to something that happened nine days ago. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So I, I vaguely remember nine days ago. So cast your mind back that far. Everything was running on Steam. <laughs> remember, remember the remember the guy uh, who said I'd like to call out Labour as liars because I earn eighty k and I'm not in the top five oh, yeah, percent of the he, country. He was he was the guy before. I mean, the guy after the last question time guy who was like, what if we just united Ireland? <laughs> yeah, I it's called oh, the yeah. island of Ireland. Just, so yeah, think about the island. Just a rogues gallery in my head of question time guys. And this is like <laughs> so the latest good. one. 800 County guy? Socialist Ireland. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, so this was the this is the ADK guy who like I don't know maybe he's like a grandfather what? now. ADK. <laughs> um, how did I make that joke before you? This guy is like the, the bizarre god emperor of the space empire where no one can earn more than 80k. Oh, that's the episode title right there. Warhammer <laughs> <Remember> 80k. <laughs> oh, I know. I never get to do an episode title. <laughs> 
So he mm. he uh, back to Winnipeg. We have we, so there was this there's this article in the Spectator, um, no, or in the Telegraph, maybe one of those. Uh, it's indistinguishable, those indistinguishable. Mm. Uh, by a guy called Andrew Wilshire, who wrote an almost identical article last year. Uh, not last year, sorry, last election, and we're going to get into what that was. But the title of the article it's is... It's like the love actually of elections. It just comes yes. out every time. Yes, absolutely. This article gets People written enjoy every the election. familiarity. Mm. Um, why someone in 80K might not feel rich. Well, you oh. have to spend a lot on, uh, uh, like, silver polishers, uh, duck moats, things of that nature. Yeah, HelloFresh. Um, um, I mean, wealth has these costs attendant to it that you don't think about. You have to buy all that ermine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to keep. You have to keep paying that guy to not release those videotapes. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep investing in this Epstein wealth fund. Yeah. After the school fees and the mortgages, there's really only about fifty grand left. <laughs> uh, Josie, that's sort of it's almost the argument that gets made in this and piece. And the pate bill alone, <laughs> and that's for the dogs. <laughs> hey, you know that they banned foie gras in New York City. Wow. Yes, and the yeah. dumbest people on earth are furious. I know. Mm. It's, it, 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 Riley, are you furious? Sadness in Riley's <laughs> Well, no, because I don't eat meat, right? But like. Man, that right. was my you favorite. You like being aware of the mm. existence of luxury well, meats. Well, no, I don't eat meat. I don't eat. Able to consume. I don't eat meat anymore. But I mean, you just find I, it comforting to have it on the menu no, and I be mean, like, luxurymeatspin.com. I, 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 I can eat some squashed goose that has been gavaged to within an inch of its life. No, it's good that it's been banned. It's good that it's been banned. Also, gavaged. I've never heard that word before. It's I've never, beautiful. I've never heard it turned into a past tense verb. Yeah, well, this is this is why you pay me the big podcast bucks. <laughs> exactly. So, um, what you pay all the someone, school fees for? Why someone on eighty k? If you don't pay people more than eighty k, you'll never get a podcaster who is able to use gavage mm. as a verb. Why, exactly. Why someone on eighty k might not feel rich? By Andrew Wilshire. As in every election in recent memory, a debate has broken out over the point at which a person becomes quote-unquote rich and is therefore able to cough up a bit more to fund public services. Um, I think you are too rich if you know the word gavage. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Then you have to, like, you know, ruin your credibility by going on a dumb show. Wait, yeah. Alice, no, that's not a thread you want to pull on. <laughs> um, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, or else you might reveal the décolletage. Um, <laughs> no, so, um... Basically, the the argument, of course, is yeah. At what point does someone become rich? I mean, again, Marx has an easy answer: when you own something that is the means of production, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but also, the spectator can't do anything like that because they can't be materialist because then they'd have to fall apart. So they they rely on a different ca- uh, schema. Well, also, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't you don't need to like call some people rich and some people not. You just like have a gra- like a gradated fucking taxation scale yes. where it's like, hey, these you, people have a bit more money, so they can pay might, a bit like, more, you, you, and so up the scale it goes. Yes, exactly. You like, can't be insane like that and use numbers to measure things the magic number this time is 80k the salary around which a person enters the top five percent of all income taxpayers and who according to be a labor will be required to pay quote a little bit extra to fund their massive splurge on public spending Ooh, uh, a little bit more <laughs> talk about income tax most of the richest it. people well exactly okay this is it they have people avoiding as much tax as possible on income. None of their true sources of wealth are being taxed. Like, we no. don't tax J- land. We don't tax property adequately whatsoever. We allow people to be landlords and to profit, like, incessantly off of that. Yes, they vaguely tinkered with the taxes around that recently, but not in any sort of meaningfully... Um, like, not, not in the way not I even, would. Not even just with domestic stuff. John McDonnell, right? If, if, if Labour is elected, John McDonnell is not going to fly 
to one Panama of them's and make them release all of the papers. Like <laughs> truly, exactly. He is going to take your house, though. The yeah. idea. He is going to take your house. But he hoards he's not houses. Take your house he loves in houses. He does. He needs a house for every boat. <laughs> he's only got two houses. He's yeah. got three boats. Exactly. He's short one house. He's short for yours. My man short a house. Um, but the idea that eight pounds a fucking month would impact any of these people. Eight pounds is half of what they spend on granola in a week, right? Yeah. It's nothing. So for for clarity, uh, yeah. what, what jo- why Josie's saying eight pounds is that someone on 80K, this guy in the question time audience, uh, in order to fund things like a functioning healthcare system, a functioning Not- social care system, like the things that might, you know, the rehabilitation service that might have prevented that guy from like going on that bridge and going on that stabbing spree, right? Not like, having children yeah. so starving they can't concentrate at school. It would be um, eight pounds a month. Yes. And like, because, imagine, because he Im- doesn't understand how a marginal tax works. Like, imagine, but, yeah. Im- imagine going to America and you sat someone down in America and you were like, okay, so here's the thing. I got some bad news for you. Um, so we have a new health insurance plan and it's going to cost you. Uh, now, good news, it's comprehensive, it provides everything you want, free at the point of need, not free at the point of need, but at the point of need. Um, also, uh, we are going to... Add dental? Yeah, we're also going to add, add dental, uh, we're going to do all of this. However, I'm afraid it's going to cost you per month eight. And the guy's like, oh fuck, 8,000? I can't afford that. No, 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 eight. Eight, eight pounds. And that's like, how much, how it's much be. is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dollar fifty. Weird British money. <laughs> it's going to cost you about twelve dollars. Uh, and also, we throw in a bonus package for nine pounds, which is that all of the worst people in the world have a massive meltdown, <laughs> and you I get mean, to be in their mention saying like, Julia Fartley poor. <laughs> if, if you've ever been around rich people, eight pounds a month is the kind of thing that they spend on an auto-renewing subscription service that brings them like a box of sex dildos a month that they. Forget to cancel. Wait, and they still have non-sex dildos. Yes. Yes. dildos. Yes. Medical dildos. Exactly. Eight pounds a month is how much they have going out to borrowmydoggy.com because they can't be bothered to go into the account. Yeah, and cancel find the, the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we and we're and, and we're saying, oh, we don't we, mm, I don't know. Full health insu- full health care for everything I might need, mental, dental, everything. Eight pounds, though. We'll throw in Wi-Fi. No, I don't want you spying on me <laughs> just, through the we just, Wi-Fi. We just How would we do go that? Go back to the tricks that like Nat West used to use to get you to open a savings account and just be like, you get a CD player. <laughs> you get those pigs. Do you remember? You guys are probably yes. too young. Yeah, it yeah. was like this series of pigs you could get that were piggy banks. Oh. And first you got the baby, then you got the little boy, then you got the little girl, then you got the mum, then you got the dad. And you got a policeman. Wait, you get, so wait, you, get a, you go from a baby to a boy to a girl? Yeah. <laughs> Same, yes. <laughs> um, so there are progressive savings accounts. <laughs> there are roughly 1.5... Saving up for the operation. <laughs> there are roughly 1.5 million people in Britain who fall into the top 5% who already contribute 50.1% of all income tax collected. And there are cubs. Because they're fucking they're minted. Cubs. They're all hate- going on question time to whine about every single fucking thing about anything that ever happens to them. They have a column in the Observer. They're cunts. Fuck them. Um, now, 80K is obviously a lot more than the average salary of 23K. I just. My spidey sense is tingling. Dickheads, and they're all the most vociferous dickheads about being dickheads you will ever meet. <sighs> um, but one of the stranger things about this debate is that only gross incomes are ever considered. The redistributed effect of the current tax and welfare schemes is ignored. Factor that in, and things look very different. Yeah, sure. 
At, as in the 2017 version of this analysis. So this is the second time this article has been written by the same guy. Consider two similar families. Both have two teenage children. Both rent a three-bedroom house in Hackney, North London. Right, pause I, there. Yeah. Who the fuck can afford to rent a three-bedroom house in Hackney as a family? These people, they don't exist. 80 grand is not enough to rent a three-bedroom house no, as a family. I, in I, I can't do this shit and, anymore. You have to vote Labour so we don't have to read this again in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, in each case and that's the thing right Josie I think you're right like yeah and that's the problem isn't going to be we have to relieve the tax burden on people making the top 5% of income we have to understand that rent seeking has made it so that you have to be in the top 1% of income to have a comfortable life thus that the mansions of labor infographic showing that you know John McDonnell owns a 2 million pound house which looks like shit <laughs> Uh, oh, so, that is my absolutely favorite thing. The, I mean, we've talked about this so many times. So, but just trying to own Corbyn with the fucking house that looks yeah, like a piece his, of shit. This one, million pound house, and like he's he's had a shrub over the yeah. door that hits him in so the it's forehead. It's like you're literally every doing his job for him. Like, you're saying like, he's never pruned it. So, in each case, one of the adults works while their partner stays at home. The only difference is that one family has a gross income of fourteen k from minimum wage, while the wage earner in the other family earns eighty k. I don't know how this is. Makes sounds like sense. quite what, a big so, difference. What version of parenting is this? Apple to this extremely like, rich apple. Yeah, they've got teenage kids, but they're like, what's happening with one of them not working? Like, well, what's going on, guys? It. I need to further know. Like, this is but what's so annoying about this is he's gone. I've invented this world. Now, within this world, there are very specific conditions. Mm. You're like, yes. In this ridiculous scenario that mm. you've concocted that has 27 different caveats in it, yeah. you might be able to make some random point. It's still fucking bullshit. It is only ever Tuesday. That is an important point which will come up later. <laughs> one of them tells the truth, but one of them lies. <laughs> these, these people are all like lifetime prisoners of a mind palace that they can't escape. Damn. It's like uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. yeah, They're all prisoners of their own mind they're palaces. They're all staring so, what if at you're... the simulacra map. What if your mum was 80k? Here's the thing. I thought you were going to do a Statham Baudrillard for a second and my brain was not prepared for that. Listen, if I don't pay £8 a week in the next 15 minutes. (laughs) The the lower earning family qualify for tax credits, housing benefit and child benefit, whereas the higher earning family qualifies for no benefits at all. That's how benefits It's almost like that's how the system is supposed to work. We're going to do the Milo thing Uh, at the same time. My, uh, everyone grab onto something because this next <laughs> this next couple of sentences are the most infuriating, counterintuitive, pedantic, meaningless bullshit ever committed also, to writing. Just, just a really quick thing. These are literally the people that always go on about like, oh, well, you can't have like free this out or the other because then rich people will get it as well. And here he is complaining about rich people not getting things which are literally intended for poor people. Please continue. In this case, the family on minimum wage in receipt of benefits actually has approximately two thirds of the net income of the family with the single earner on 80K. So despite earning almost six times more, the family with the high earner has a net come that is only about 50% greater than the other family. Oh, really no. Pisses, and what pisses me off is exactly that, right? So they still have twice as much money to spare. But on top of that, it's completely forgetting that 
we have a thing called class in this country and we have a thing called entrenched privilege in this country because most people who manage to get to 80k come from a privileged background which means they have wealth sat yeah. behind them for fucking generations they know what like- gavage means <laughs> <laughs> why don't i i'm oxbridge educated yeah. they're, they're, they're putting they're putting geese into a big squeezing press in the back of their own house <laughs> that's what and, most and of that money is going on yeah and, but- and that goose press is very expensive <laughs> this is my version of, of the mm. of the cultural revolution instead of a pig iron forge <laughs> or a software company you have to have a goose press in every house <laughs> <laughs> Just get a creepy low quality foie gras. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, it sticks. So it is worth noting that a significant portion of this total subsidy is through the form of housing benefit. This is obviously less in other parts of the country and not received by owner occupiers, which may highlight another disincentive for people being able to purchase their own property because it could leave them substantially financially worse off. Nobody's got any fucking money. Also, How, is, who's purchasing property anywhere? But Why? Also, in in Hackney, if you were able to buy your council house, you would then make a shit ton of money. Hackney's such a bad example for this because if somebody bought their council house even five years ago and then resold it, they would make it in like incredible amounts of money from that like it's completely divorced of the context of that borough like i know how much house prices in hackney have gone up in the last 10 years and i know also how much it's a reduction if you do want to use right to buy in a council house you buy at a cheaper rate like of course people would buy their council sorry i'm worried that i've missed no no No, but the reason they're not buying houses josie is because they've actually gone to their financial advisor at coots and uh, he's advised them that actually if they buy the house then they won't get the housing benefits that's what they're doing it's actually like a weird switcheroo thing they're actually laying off most of their housing benefit into a slush fund in guernsey Um, (laughs) and it's all being invested in drones for some reason anyway that's what the working class do stuff like that (laughs) also right that's that that's that's basically the argument which is well actually people on people on benefits Love it. Be- being on benefits rules. This country makes it super Choke easy. Me, daddy. And, um, and you know what? They're actually, oh, how dare they look at them? They're earning enough to live. And the people who have an 80K gross salary, they're only making enough to live super comfortably. Well, it's also, not even true. It's not even true. There's still food banks. Like, mm. oh, sorry, Alice. What the fictive world of this column imagines oh, sorry, is what yes, if there we, weren't? This is Candyland, and mm. like yeah. you will get your food delivered by a stuffed unicorn. And also, the other, from house to house. With the other presents. thing is the other thing is uh, the family making fourteen k and the family making eighty k in this scenario have no interaction with each other. There is no social system that is determining who gets what, and there's no and at no point does the person making lots of money benefit from the fact the person making less money is making less money. They're just sort of they're living in um, they're living in a uh, 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 perfect vacuums. Yes, well, they are not just, living in a society. Mm. That thing that just, we live indeed. in. <laughs> can I just make a really tedious point, which is we have a benefits cap, which means that you can't claim housing benefit over a certain amount. Which means that in this fictitious Hackney flat, there are not three bedroom Hackney flats that aren't already established council accommodation that you could afford on the private market what would really happen to this family who were earning nothing if they were moving into the borough of hackney now is that they would be stuck on a waiting list for council accommodation for decades or they would simply not be able to afford to rent anywhere that wasn't a one-bedroom flat or an hmo or something they wouldn't be able to afford to rent a three-bedroom or they would probably then have to rent something in like hemel hempstead and then spend the rest of their money commuting in 
truly mm. like it, it's it's so annoying especially for him for him to use my home borough because i'm like mm. i have a friend who was um on benefits because she was a single mother and she couldn't afford um to do like also i'm justifying as if that's like i was i have a friend who was on benefits she was a single mother bringing up her baby of course she was that's what she needed to do she's a brilliant person she could not afford in the London Borough of Hackney to rent uh, anything other than a one-bedroom place for her and her son. So she had to sleep in the lounge and her mm. son had to sleep in the bedroom. Like, that's the reality of it. It is insulting for this but person But they did offer go, her an excellent opportunity to move to Canvey Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's Which she would have loved. I hate the fact that, and again, we come down to the, the, the this person writing this column is sat in his study and he's gone downstairs to the kitchen and oh no the cleaner's still cleaning so he's gonna have to go back up to the study he thinks I know what I'll do I'll rehash that article from two years ago now let me imagine now let me imagine what it's like to be on benefits oh wouldn't that be lovely I wouldn't have to do my strenuous work I, I of wouldn't rehashing have to write this column again <laughs> I could find <laughs> if I could only get on benefits I'd be free from the prison this, of eternally is, rewriting this yes, column this is why we have to do UBI is to spare us us from having to read these and the writers from having to write them. <laughs> They're all cursed by a witch. That's what's yeah. happened. They just they have to write it every time. They have to imagine fictitious scenarios. <laughs> he is like a he is like an even more dark energy Gladwell. Like he has to come up with an insane <laughs> scenario in which the thing that's not true is somehow true. You know what this is in terms of reading series? This is the uh, depression poll to the mania of the uh, Joe Swinson's Britain future. <laughs> That we imagined <laughs> in a previous one of these. This is oh. just, uh, just uh, yeah. dire, dire. People stuff. on ATK don't get a skills wallet. No. <laughs> oh no, the skills oh, wallet. Okay, the skill. This is something I've talked about before mm. in the podcast, but I will talk about again uh, okay. just as we close this out. Uh, which is the skills wallet is this thing where the government basically gives you a ten thousand pound coupon for education that you can then spend to top up um what you might your budget to spend on uh, learning throughout your life so you can spend it on university you can spend it on continuing education spend it on nearly one year of university yeah hmm. nearly a year um and you then spend the, it on I, one textbook yeah <laughs> and so you get a skills wallet um but here's the funny thing that's basically a policy that won a contest at the Inter institute for economic affairs as their Best Policy of the Year Good, Award. That, that fuck a fan contest. <laughs> yeah, the unsafe fuck a fan contest. Where someone came up with this thing called Edig that we talked about in our last um, episode with bonus episode with James Meadway. Subscribe to Christian Nemitz's private snap. Uh, right? There's and a so thing called a pedeg, which my mum's really into, which is a kind of um, uh, pumice stone egg that you rub on your feet. Oh, I know. I'm glad that ended with feet. Uh, so I'm going to do the last. This is the last bits of this article. Uh, it is only when a family in this position is earning more than 45k that they start to pay more in tax and they receive in welfare, more than twice the median income. Below this point, no net contribution is being made to public services either. I added the word net because he said contribution, which is fucking wrong because everyone that, is if, contributing if you, if something with VAT and all this. If you get under 45k, mm. you don't pay VAT ever is the thing. No, yeah, or no. national insurance or anything And else. for example, right. actually, the, the, um, and the... Um, er, the uh, um, uh, personal allowance is 45k actually it looks like it's 11,250 mm. no it's 45k mm. so no what mm. he means is net 
because he's like, well, mm, too bad we have to shell... We, the people who are earning lots of money, so what, 5% of the country has to shell out for people who we'd really rather not hear. And it, it's, is that his, his argument? Like, it's so fucking nonsense. I wish that this person had actually written an article that went, I just don't feel very rich myself, even though I do earn 200 grand, but I don't feel oh, rich. I would respect coming. that I'm more. I'm sure that's oh, next right. week. I earn... I earn 200 grand a year to write these columns and I can't possibly be rich because I don't even try very hard. <laughs> How could it possibly be that, you know, 99% of people in the country are poorer than me when, honestly, I'm a fucking idiot. I, I mean, I, I just write given this. this job. Yeah. I didn't even want to do it. Half of the time, I just spin a big wheel with words <laughs> like scrounger and uh, dago written on it. And then I just, you know, kind of uh, stencil things in my own piss and then I send it in and they just print it. I mean, you know, I don't see why these people can't lift themselves out of poverty. Listen I can do it. The Telegraph's going rate is 40 grand a word. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the last bit. It is also worth remembering. That's how you can always tell it's going to be a good line in one of these uh, mm. types of it's, pieces. It's going to be remember. profoundly true. It's going to be profoundly true <laughs> mm. that people find themselves in different situations throughout their lives. What a great sentence. Isn't yeah. that always worth remembering? <laughs> it's always worth remembering. <laughs> I Just hate like, being in situations. Mind <laughs> like, like the different situations throughout their lives, Sorrentino. <laughs> so that's 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 my one of my that's my second favorite line from this article. My favorite is still now. Eighty k is obviously a lot more than twenty three k. The sure max God has logged on. <laughs> these, sure, these two numbers sure are different. So people peak earning potential is normally reached in a person's late forties to early fifties. Oh, so hello. That, to the top. Mm. I'm we're, we're changing that. <laughs> You're so not going to live that long. Fake, fake so, earnings potential. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, climate change means mm. that we're all at a top earnings potential now. Oh, oh, we're yeah, not going to live that that's long. That's true, because that's when you can become like a local mom who makes like $1,000 a day from like sitting at home. So, so this weird trick. Yeah, so, exactly. So the top this 5%, one weird trick is being on a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. so the top 5% of earners is not a static group of people. Many people will enter and exit that band at some point in their lifetime. Gosh, and it's even a shame more, that oh, tax like follows them. Yeah, you earned 80k once, so you have to pay that rate of tax the rest of your life. I 80K, mean, not even once. Um, this is why it might be a mistake for labor to speak of them as a group apart. But they're it's not a they're tax just... bans. Yes, if you make less than 80k again, you stop paying the extra tax. This mm. this is what it's I mean. Not, they don't brand no. your family under the ninth generation. No, you see, Alice, you have been brainwashed. What happens is the second you earn eighty thousand and one pence, what happens is John McDonald <laughs> comes round and he fucks your wife, and you have to watch. And you know what? And your dick has to get hard, and you have to enjoy it actually. <laughs> and that's how it is. And it happens every year on John January thirty first. doesn't want to do it. He's sixty five. Yeah, I, I know. That kind of energy. He's just doing his duty. Like, yeah. Yeah. The second you make more than eighty. 81k then like John McDonald suddenly starts leaning on you like a mafia boss and busts out your sports your sports apparel business. You have to start living in a tent in your, in your sports oh, store. Yeah, you it have was to, a great episode. You just, yeah. you just have to be David. He's going to turn the entire country into David Scatino where it doesn't yeah. matter. You're just poor forever. You have to confiscate his son's car and give it to your daughter. John McDonald's, John McDonald's adult sons are going to have your daughter's car. Yeah, John McDonald is just going nice to bully sons. you and that's why we mm. can't vote for Labour. 
Yeah, because look, John McDonald. Yeah, that's this is if every episode I think I like to think has one worthwhile thought in it, and this John is the worth- Biff Tannen McDonald. This, this is the worthwhile <laughs> thought from this one, which is that people like like spectator columnists think that John McDonald is going to treat the entire country like Tony Soprano treats David Scatino, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, it's, I mean, the deeper meaningful thing here, the profound truth, if you like, is that they all think that John McDonald is going to treat them like they treat everyone else. Mm. When in reality, mm. you know, John McDonald's going to treat the country like Johnny Sack treats his wife. Mm. What? With Fair, the, like, with with the love? utmost respect. With the utmost yes. respect and love. Yeah. <laughs> Boris Johnson is that no good Ralph Cifaretto. It's a matter of respect. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson is Ralph Cifaretto. They all think John McDonald is Tony Soprano to their David Scatino. And actually, all we want is we want Johnny Sack treating the country like Ginny Sack. I think mm. we can end it there, folks. I think that's a good realization. Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. is understandable with reference to the Sopranos. And John McDonald, she could afford to have that mole on her ass treated. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, uh, as you know, if you're listening to this on Tuesday uh, and you're in London, we probably still will have a couple tickets left to our live show with Rob Delaney. Uh, mm. At Vauxhall Comedy Club, the very same. Doors are mm. at seven, but the show doesn't start till eight thirty. So, like, come hang out. But like, we've started it late, so you can canvas if you want to. Uh, Battersea is so a, nice. So Battersea is a marginal. So yeah, Marcia de Cordova is a great MP, and you can canvas there, uh, or uh, you can canvas in Vauxhall. I'm less familiar with who with um, the situation there. It's like it's all replaced. MI6 it was officers. Kate Hoey, yeah. but I don't know what we've done with it. Um, yeah. well, it, did the kebab guy get the nomination? <laughs> I, anyway, she's, I, she's in the same box as Jacob Rees-Mogg. <laughs> she and Jacob Rees-Mogg are just sitting at the election. Oh my god, did you see the Telegraph headline that was, Leave the Labour Party, the Labour Party's left me. So, um, if there are any tickets left for that, we'd love to see you. Please get one, we'd love to see you there. Uh, if you've already got your ticket... See you later tonight, or we saw you yesterday. Depends when you listen to this. Yeah, really. You know, um, or we saw you many months ago. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fall of civilization, <laughs> as you cook beans on an open fire, if you find this in a reel-to-reel tape player in the wreckage of a building, yeah, yeah. you've got the one remaining working AirPod on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So do come to that, and like, do try if you want to come hang out beforehand. Sure. We always do to- this, by the way. We always do the terrible future. Well, I'd like to do the opposite. What if you're listening to this and the, the Labour Party has won the election and it's like Wakanda? You know? What if you mm. just live in a big glass building where everyone has free healthcare? Yeah, okay, cool. That's also possible. Uh, but then why would you <laughs> yeah. be listening to this? I don't know. Catharsis? Therapy? Catharsis from what? Things are good. Just for, yeah. for your post-traumatic stress disorder from having oh, yeah, lived wa- in neoliberalism for so long. It's like you, you want to go and experience what it was like so you can yeah. enjoy the good, um, the, the good yeah, socialism it, that you're living you're in. If you're listening to this on like some future technology in the museum of the trash past... Yeah, <laughs> this this podcast becomes like Band of Brothers, but for the posting wars. <laughs> so uh, in anyway, so many ways. So anyway, mm. do come to see us uh, this evening with uh, with Rob Delaney. We'd love to see you there. Do canvas beforehand, though, because that's the thing. I say this at the end of every show recently. Um, 
these people want to be in charge of the country. The people we're talking about, Boris Johnson, who literally says that his enemy is human rights law, mm-hmm. wants to be in charge of the country. And the oh, only no. way we can get him out is if we make sure that we're using the main resource that the Labour Party has, which is people. We have campaigners. We have people knocking on doors. We have Faisal Shaheen has knocked on every single door in Chingford. And Ian Duncan Smith is now running to people's houses saying, oh, John McDonald's going to come and bust you out. Um, mm. You know, so like this is good, but we had to keep going. You have to not get disheartened or be made complacent by polls. We have to remember, like, go on, um, on my campaign map, find a marginal, work with a, CS, uh, a, a CLP and do it. But also, we can't just be, keep doing sexy marginals like Chingford and Uxbridge. We, need to, we desperately need people in Bedford. We need people in the Midlands and the North. Mm-hmm. We need people, like, actually getting up and knocking on those doors. So if you're like in, in Scotland, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, Scotland can deliver a Labour government, and it just takes Stupid a few... sexy marginals. A few <laughs> sexy marginals. Uh, so, <laughs> mm. but also, can I just add that, like, it's so hard not to feel dispirited, but I think it's so worth when you have conversations with people about what could happen to act as if we have a good chance, which we do, of forming a government and to speak as if there are positives and that it could be real because it is infectious and it is exciting and it does help change things. It Like in such a small way, just conversations you have, like... <sighs> random with strangers, conversations you have with acquaintances, conversations you have with kind of wavering friends and stuff. I think it does really help to be certain and to be positive because you just don't know where their reception of that might take them and, and how that will splinter out. Like, Absolutely. It's worth I, it to I, try. I think Riley's wrong. I don't think the greatest asset of the Labour Party is people. I think the greatest asset of the Labour Party is vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah. or, vibes or, only. Or if you want me to be more prosaic about it, hope, right? Because I think the Conservatives, we can all agree, their vibes rancid. Uh, yeah. mm. Just an extremely sweaty man coming to your house in the middle of the night, saying, "Well, the Labour's gonna 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 sell your house," you know. Um, yeah. uh, you you shouldn't, you shouldn't vote game. for Labour. Uh, is it like uh, oh, you, you oh fucking that... hell. Ian Duncan Smith is junior soprano? He's running around this constituency night, going, "I've got you, Malanga." <laughs> junior soprano up against a better world is possible. Junior soprano loses every time. Exactly. And that's yep. what we have to do. That's the conversation that we have to make. Absolutely. And mm. like, we're going to also try to connect like with especially some of these target seats. So like, make sure if you're in London, like leave London. Yes. Go to, like, we're we're, we're going to do London. a podcast individually targeted to every undecided voter in Bedford. Uh, yeah. Mr. A. Aronson or <laughs> Aronson and Zakowski from The Simpsons. Anyway, the, the the end matter segment has gone on for a very long time. It so, has. Milo, do you have anything anything to plug? Uh, I've got. I'm like. I'm doing like a lot of shows early next year. It would definitely help me if people bought tickets. I really need to sell some tickets in fucking Liverpool, Jan seventeenth. I'm coming to Liverpool. I'm doing my Edinburgh show. Please buy a ticket to that if you live near Liverpool, because I don't know anyone in Liverpool. There's like one person has bought tickets so far. So maybe that. Uh, London, January 18th. I'm doing Pindos in London for the last time in London. If you want to come to that, that's also a taping. Uh, I'm also doing two shows at the Vault Festival, which is a work in progress of my new show, which is like late Feb, early March. And I'm doing two shows at Leicester Comedy Festival, one of Pindos and one of a whip of my new show, which is like 21st and 22nd of February. Yeah, so if you're going to be there, Josie, what uh, what's going on with you? I'm going on tour in the spring and it lasts until June. 
heaven help me, that's going to be very long. Please mm. come. Tickets are available. I'm doing new places like Crawley. And I mean, God knows whether that's a good decision on my part or not. Um, is it a marginal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think well, it's probably pretty Tory. Um, the Labour Party, there's, you know, they're giving it a go. Uh, I, God knows. I'm just trying to make it work in this yeah. world. You're just trying to make that 80K. So yeah. John Madonna will come around and take All I away. want is for him to take my wife. Yeah. <laughs> take my wife. Generational, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this my. is the real social mobility goal. Is Rodney Dangerfield on Question Time? <laughs> John McDonald, fuck your wife. <laughs> oh my! Um, right. So uh, go see go see Josie's Josie's show when she's on tour. But Josie, thank you very much for coming in today. It's been a real pleasure. It's my pleasure. I feel like within a year and a half, my brain will be back up to speed. So please keep me in mind for future. <laughs> <laughs> this I'm is also how please- you know when we've had a really good guest, as it runs for like three and a half hours. Uh, of course, and as ever, our theme song is hit. Here We Go. It's by Ginseng. You can find it on Spotify. It's a good tune. Listen early, listen often. But otherwise, see you later. Bye. Bye.